I was miserable my last like six months in Vegas. Like I, I this past six months. Yeah, like I enjoyed the World Series of Poker, but besides that, I was in a really bad funk where I was just like, mm. I don't belong here. We should be. This is this is great show. Can we be the show right now? Yeah. I thought we were recording. Yeah. Well, welcome to Pajama Pants, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's pajama pants. I like the way you pants. say pajama. What? I How say do we it all weird? say it? Let's take turns. How do you say it? <laughs> you say it. Pajama. 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 Yeah. Yeah, he's wrong. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My excuse is I wasn't born in this country. What's yours? New York. I speak correctly. Oh, okay. Got <laughs> it. Well, I can say pajama, but then I say Nevada instead of Nevada. What do you say? Nevada. Nevada. Although, uh, you know what? Mm. They, since moving to LA, there's certain words I say differently. Like, um, you know, I'm going to just hint it to you first. Like, not, you can compare apples and oranges. I say orange now. Yeah, that's like a Florida oranges. thing, too. Agora Hills. I don't say Agora Hills. I don't even know what that Agura. is. That's an LA thing. Agora Hills. I've been well, in LA I don't think it's an LA thing. I think it's actually the name. I think it's Agora Hills. Like, I say I don't Agura think it's Hills. People are, are, do people Please go, write in. What? Do we have a place where people can write in? No. <laughs> we will. Let's create Let's set it up. <laughs> On your Instagram. Go to, yeah, go to Jamie's Instagram. Wow, this is business Don't man DM Cassum. me because I don't read DMs. You Ooh. don't? Nope. Oh, uh, is it because to, to Pandora's keep penises box, out of your It's not even vision. that. It's just I'm just way too sensitive of a person. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do it and because I, I'm like a masochist, I enjoy the pain. <laughs> I go. Yeah, but what about last time when you came to my house though. in Vegas and you were like all fucking worried and what happened in Vegas? You know, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk no, about no, it. No, no, you ahead. were like really scared that like some guy was gonna kill you. <laughs> I, that's very possible. So and I was like, I, well, I was like, don't worry about it, bro. Like, <laughs> you know what I've been getting is a lot of um, like Middle Eastern people who used to watch my YouTube videos and they and they think I'm a bad Muslim even though I'm not a Muslim. And they go, this is haram, everything you're doing, you're going to hell. I, you know, like there's a lot if of this. this is haram, I don't want to be right, <laughs> you know? <laughs> okay, keep that one in, George. We have a sound effect of a... <laughs> yeah, we, we have, we have nothing lot. right now. What we have is the sound of my elbows hitting this wooden table. It's okay. Oh, wait. I brought... Uh, I have a notebook. The I notebook and the, the pen because... I feel like on podcasts, there's a lot of times where like, like you let's say re- I ask a question yes. and you both have a good answer and yes. you start and we talk about it for 15 minutes. Then when I go to you, I appreciate you. You forget your, what you were going to say. So I just think like we want, you know, cause then when at the end when we're like, oh, we have nothing to talk about. It's like, well, we had 15 minutes of show. We forgot. I have a feeling we're just this, we're not going to. 12 months ago. But I appreciate this. Yeah. Rob came to me and he's like, dude, let's you need to, uh, you need to create a new list on your iPhone on your notepad <laughs> and you need to start writing down topics for the show. This was over a year ago. This is how prepared. I did it. I, I know you did. Look at me. And I, and I, I, and I kind of did. I kind of did. But I do yeah. my best work just in the moment right now. You're watching mm. me do my best work. Well, I feel wow. like a fucking slacker because I didn't write anything down. Neither did he. I wrote 815 F1 with a dash I'm ready to like write too. a note. I have like a thousand things 15, in my note. Is it? Thing. Oh, no. Because this episode is timeless. How long does this take to get on iTunes? Like two weeks, right? Oh, I hate the sound. It's going to take us longer because we got to get some in the we got to get some in the bank before we just start spraying this all over the place. Yeah, I don't know these jargon. (laughs) Um, Jamie, this is officially our first face to face. Yes, and you are even more beautiful in person. Oh, hush! I know you're married. Sweet mouth. That won't stop. You know my husband too. (laughs) I do know your husband, Um, Cutter. Mm-hmm. God, what a fuck! What a cool, it's a great name. 
What a cool name. I, He's I a cool guy. You met Cutter. I'm sure you've gone over this before. Yeah, uh, I want to know how you met Cutter because I know Cutter from when he was a boy. And Cutter right. is a man now. But I remember... <laughs> I met him when he was a boy, pretty much. <laughs> it's, he, was, he was playing baseball when yeah, you met him, right? he was 22. Oh, a 22-year-old Cutter? <laughs> That's a quarter off that Yes, totally. Castle, Castle, there's some curiosity ass. with Castle. He's done some things, just so sexuality, you know. When he's talking, yeah. Rob, actually, Literally? I'm glad you brought this up. Sexuality is more of a dimmer switch these days and not a toggle, and I appreciate fluidity. I'm just throwing it out there. I just remember like wow, very knowing important. you for a few months and then seeing videos of you like kissing transvestites or something, right? Well, okay. Yeah, for comedy, we do things. Mm. We do things for comedy. Okay. George might have been there for one of those. Um, You're a terrible Muslim. I'm a bad, <laughs> bad Muslim. I've, I've kissed women who once were men. But that's okay. Um, yeah, I met Cutter when he was a child. I actually, one of my ex-ex-girlfriends uh, married Cutter's brother. Or her sister married Cutter's brother. Gwen. Gwen. Got it. Yes. and I never met Gwen. We used to, I haven't seen her in ages, and if she's listening to this, I don't even know she'd know how to use a, a podcast episode. <laughs> I, I hope you're well, Gwen. Um, but they, <laughs> you, they used to live in Lake Sherwood. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they, where they live now. The only thing I They're see- They're divorced. Oh, of course. I do remember that. They lived in Lake Sherwood. They lived in Wayne Gretzky's mansion. Yes. Now, if you guys know Lake Sherwood, Lake Sherwood is a very hoity-toity part of- um, I don't know what you'd call it, the Ventura County, greater Southern California area, Los Angeles area. And it's a gated community um, with, I mean, I think like a a low level house there would be like. At least three or four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's, you're at the bottom of the barrel. Yes. And when I was living in Newbury Park, there was news that Wayne Gretzky had moved into Lake Sherwood, chopped off the top of a mountain (laughs) and started building a $30 million home. Yes. And this home, eventually, he sold to Lenny Dykstra, famous baseball player for the Mets. He was on the Mets. And the Phillies. And yeah. the Phillies. They called him Nails because he was tough ass. And <laughs> Nails. <laughs> he was tough ass. Because he was tough ass. And he was a, he was a badass ball player. Um, scrappy. Scrappy is a great word. And, and uh, they bought this home and they lived in it. But they also had their other home because they were already living in Lake Sherwood. So they at one point had two homes yep. very close to each other in this uh, Lake Sherwood community. And we would go over to the Gretzky mansion. I always called it the Gretzky mansion. Yeah. Even when they lived there. And, and we they would... bought it back after. Oh, did they? Oh, keep going. Oh, yes. oh fantastic. I can't wait. That. Yeah. Okay. I can't <laughs> wait to get the rest of the info. And uh, we would go there and just hang out during the summer, the pool and like go to the movie theater room because being, you know not rich at the time uh, or now it was uh, it was very you were living this lavish lifestyle that you wouldn't have had access to otherwise yeah you know we were like we we would go um, hours without seeing each other in the home like I've never been yeah. in a home that big where you could just be in a wing and then somebody else is in another wing right and you you might cross paths in the middle at Drake, some point Drake sings about that shit oh does he yeah all the time he texts his friends Text from from other rooms. They're in the other wing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a, a huge place, separate. You know, gym, house, tennis courts, huge pool, and that's when I got to know Cutter. Mm-hmm. And um, and I actually lived with Cutter's brother for a while, Gavin. And I was there for Cutter's first drunken experience, where we we thought it would be funny to because we were great role models to get Cutter 
kind of drunk. How old is he? He was probably 16. Perfect. Is this, can I get in trouble? No. I can't, right? Cutter? He's fine. Okay. So we got him drunk and I remember, um, I always remember Cutter just being like, just so good looking. And we would always be like, <laughs> he looks like Paul Walker. He looked like Paul Walker. I haven't seen a photo of him recently. I'll pull one up. Um, but of he's not a of cutter. Saver, okay. our, our yeah, kids. I haven't kids. seen a picture of Paul Walker. <laughs> if that's what you're asking, Paul Walker no, I just is was... no longer with us. Um, but uh, yeah, just handsome as the day is long. But what a lo- wow! Cutter is really struggling being on my phone here. It's all my kids. Well, that's well, what this is not the best photo of him, but there he is with our littlest. Is a stud. He looks like yeah, a professional yeah. golfer. I told him that's what he should be doing. Yeah, he's so naturally good. He still has it. He still has this very Paul Walker sort of, but like a, almost like a tougher, tougher version. Well, he's giving you some like you know blue steel on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. G- great looking kid. Always has been. Um, and you know we got him drunk and and um, I forget what we drank. And I and to be honest, the 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 whole Zimas. What did you guys drink then? <sighs> you know, it could have been. It might have been Coors Light because that was okay. that was Gavin's favorite or Miller Miller Light. Gavin was a Miller man. Coors Light was some of my early shit too. That's that's the beginning. Yeah, it's gross. Well, it's, you get in, you get into the beer with the stuff that tastes closest to what you know, which and is the water. cheapest, right? Yeah. <laughs> mm. um, so that's how you know, and 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 Cutter was always you know a cool kid, great at baseball, and then kind of we we all went our separate ways, you yeah. know, as the years went on, and then you know the next thing I hear uh, is from Rob. He's like, yeah, my friend Jamie's married to cutter and i was like oh wow that's that's incredible we should start a podcast that's what you said and i said yeah all four (laughs) of us should start a podcast and i'm still waiting for cutter to show up he's got a a real job like i like to call it yeah lucky someone would have done his hair if he if he knew i was wearing a hat cutter would have been disappointed if you did his hair if you did your hair if you did his hair he might love it but your hair he would have been like that's too much i had a plan to get a haircut and shave before i met you um, to really just wow you, <laughs> but uh, I, think I, like, I, I think what she likes now is the Invisalign. Are you wearing one? <laughs> oh come yeah, on! Yeah, I, I had to put tell. it in. You in don't the have car. a lisp or anything. <laughs> well, I'm almost done. He naturally has a lisp, but when he puts the Invisalign in, it goes it away. It takes the lisp away. So you know how Rob's a big germaphobe. Yeah, yeah. 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 So he's a huge germaphobe, and as he came into the car today, and I was ha- I had a coffee, and as soon as I finished my coffee, I put I took out my little tray and I opened it and I put my Invisalign back in, and uh, I look over and then I just see the look on Rob. Yeah, I wasn't well, because he has thinking, coffee on his teeth. Is that what you're thinking? No, you know what's funny? I wasn't even thinking that. For me, it's like I, I was thinking about this earlier, and it's like when I first met Cassim, it was like I felt like how an infant. Like, everything is new. Because, like, I remember he walked into a house. Oh, I should shut my phone. It's very unprofessional. I walked into a... He walked into a house, and he was wearing, like, a varsity jacket. But he had on, like, nerd glasses. And he pulled up in, like, a Porsche. But he was smoking a cigarette. And he had, like, a Rocco's Modern Life t-shirt on. And I was, just, like, in New York, people kind of fit he was, into this He's an box. anomaly. Like, yeah, and I was like, what is this guy yeah. doing? Like, he's, like, talking about Bigfoot. And, 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 like, the varsity jacket is really what, like, threw everything. It was, like, the Letterman jacket with, like, the letter on And I'm like, does he think he's, like, a football player? I'm like, is he trying to be funny? Like, I don't know. <laughs> 
It was just, I remember seeing him and I was like, wow, this guy is like, and then like, I kind of, you know, somebody was, I I don't know. I just thought like, maybe I won't like this guy. I don't know. And then like, for me, like the greatest shit is when you laugh with people like, and like, like I look back more fondly on like deep hard laughs than I do where I'm like, wow, I had really good sex or this chick was like, (laughs) when I really laugh hard, it's so you remember that intimate to me. And I'm like, wow, that was, and I could, I could, it's like, I'm still there, like feeling the laugh. And we had some laughs where there, it was like a 10 out of, I remember having to take clothes off, like, like being in a hoodie and, and like having to take my hood off and take my sneakers off. And I'm just sweating and taking my hat off. From laughing? We we're laughing wow. so That's hard. Sad. And then I was just like, oh, I love this guy. And then I know Kasim didn't really like to like leave his area or anything. And he had to go to New York for something. And we met up and then he was a little drunk and he was like, yeah, I'll come back and we'll hang out. And in my head, I was like, he's never coming. Like, that's a lie. And then, like, a month later, he's like, I planned another trip. To, and that's when he won me over. I was like, oh, oh. I love. I love Because yeah, I knew how much he mile. hated leaving and also leaving his dog. Yeah. I mean, that's. Like, if I were to say, I, do I have a camera set up in my home right now watching my dog while I'm here? And we watched it while he was putting <laughs> his Invisalign yeah. in, in the car. Yeah. Is yeah, someone he has, with the dog or you're just trying no, to he's, see what No, he's alone and he has bad separation anxiety. And normally I just take my dog to my folks' house who live a mile away. And so I, he has, because my mom likes hanging with him and my dad likes him. And they just, you know, they keep the dog company. He has really bad separation anxiety. Like, what do you mean? Like, starts, like, he howls. Shit? He, oh. he just stares out the, the window. Time? Yeah. And howls. Wow. I mean, if I were to pull it up right now, I'm sure it would. He, my dog might do that. I just have no idea. Somebody's typing right. in right now in like the comments in this or whatever, exactly how to fix that. And you're going to know how to fix it. I think you just got to, you got to leave him alone. You got to just keep letting him know that you'll, you'll eventually come back and do it. No, every, I had a dog like for a baby. years and he never Maybe he stopped. needs to watch Daniel Tiger where they tell him, grow Yeah, do they have, ups come they do back. have dog That's TV. That's some Instagram shit. No, it's a TV show for kids. <laughs> oh, you are so unplugged. <laughs> Daniel Tiger. Yeah, he's like a, a reincarnation of Mr. Mr. Rogers. He's Mr. the Mr. Rogers character. In a cartoon. You know how, how he had those gross, grungy sock puppets? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah Daniel the King and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Did uh, you see the preview for Tom Hanks and oh, Mr. Yeah. Rogers? Did no. you cry? I, I felt I, it coming. I, well, did you watch the documentary? Yeah, I saw it no. twice. Rob, you have to watch. Did you grow up with Mr. Rogers? A uh, little, but not really. Like okay. I was always into like adult shit, like right off the mm, bat. Like I was lot. watching like. Uh, what were you watching like Dallas growing up? What, what, what? I don't know. I just I, like I never watched any TV. Like except for like Ninja Turtles. You were into like, Mash that came on after <laughs> I Love Lucy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really I was. I was always just watching like adult shit. I well, know. the do- if it, I don't remember what it's called. What it's uh, the movie or the doc? The doc. The Won't doc. You be my neighbor. Maybe, might be, whatever it is. Yeah. He was just an exceptional man. Like I was actually waiting while I was like, oh, was he a creep? But he wasn't. <laughs> he was a wonderful yeah. human being who really believed that all children deserve to be loved and heard and understood. Mm-hmm. And that was always his mission. And it was just nice to see, I think that like, oh, you know what? There actually can just be really good people. Like there's no scandal here. He's just yeah. a f- yeah, really fucking good person. Yeah, and, all, and when they were showing kind of how 
you know, SNL and, and in Living Color kind of made fun of the fact that yes. we all thought he was like a creep and just had this kid show so he could be close to kids. Yes. And it made I, I you feel bad because he genu- genuinely cared true. about them. He did have that show to be close to kids, but for like for really a good wholesome reason. reason. Yeah. Like right. kids that he felt like, you know, just look I, as a parent myself. You struggle every day with like, are you fucking them up or not? And the truth of the matter is like, there's probably something that I'm doing that's fucking them up. But yeah. like, in the end of the day, the only thing I care about is, do, did my kids feel loved and supported? Like, did both mm. of them know that at the end of the day? Yes. Like, and I feel like I'm trying to, if I make mistakes, even, which I'm sure I do, I yell, I lose my shit. I say things I shouldn't. I, I, like at the end of the day, I always kind of, well, not the baby, but with my big one, Bo, who's almost six, like we just kind of recap and I'm like, hey, you remember that thing I did? That wasn't cool. And I'm sorry. Right. I'm like, it's okay. Um, but I think that this wasn't always the case with parenting. I think just nobody's fault, but I just think like our parents like were, their focus was elsewhere. You know what I mean? And it was, and now it's just a lot more about conscious parenting and all these things that we're hearing about. And so I think Mr. Rogers was just like really aware that like these kids aren't getting that time yeah. of day. And he was just trying to do that. Yeah. For them. And he was right there when kind of TV started becoming mm-hmm. a thing. And he understood the the impact of having this set, you know, this TV set in your home and how attached people would become to it and how much of an impression it would make on kids and he used he was like one of the few people that used it for good because they show a lot of the uh stuff that was on tv at the time just a ton of violence and like you know uh people shooting people and and he felt like kids being exposed to that that would have some sort of effect he didn't just make the world seem scary yeah it could just make them scared to just you know and he's he he just assumed that well i can do the opposite and and make them know that there are people out there that care about him and yeah i i cried i cried i saw the movie alone yeah i cried I saw it alone. on a plane which oh, i don't know why but like you cry I, you cry more oh, yeah. right mm-hmm. i mean i'm a, i love to cry and i'm like yeah. I, I always cry but like for some reason when i'm on a plane it's like sobbing yeah can i tell you, can I tell you one of my one of my favorite i've we've known each other for over 20 years you know that like 20 well years. over 20 yeah do you know what i'm gonna say right now something about me crying Oh yes! Yeah, I know you. My favorite, probably my favorite thing about Jamie is so when you go to like everybody sees like these award shows, like the Emmys and this, and they're like, oh my god, it's so glamorous and fun. Where most of the times we'd be sitting there and you're just fucking bored out of your mind. You're Mm -hmm. just like, especially when I was. 15 you know what i mean it's, it's like a long day three hours in and you're in a tuxedo and i've ne- never like you know i'm in pajama pants eh? mm, pajama oh, oh yeah pajama. pajama all day that's it so it's like uh, you're in this tuxedo and you're uncomfortable and nobody's like drinking yet because the parties haven't started in this and then comes the point of the night where they do the in memoriam so they show like who died in show business this year and you know it's like these old time movie actors and it's like, you know, from 1912, like, you know, Vinny, whoever, and like this guy. And then this woman who's wearing like a hat with like a bird on it. Cause it's like, you know, the 1930s <laughs> uh-huh. and you're there and like everybody said, and that's, it's kind of time where like you talk to the person next to you and you're like, yeah, like I can't wait to eat after this. And, this, and you turn over and Jamie is just sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I know none of these people. No, way, zero. And it was my path. favorite and you could count. And then it became the thing of like, I couldn't wait. I felt so bad because I couldn't wait for the immemorial because I'm like, Jamie, Jamie's such a good person. Oh, hush. That she actually 
Do you remember the time that we laughed at the people who were like dying or something? What Wait. do you remember the story better? Was it at the, like the Young Artist Awards or something like that? We were at a kids awards and because we weren't LA people, they sat us like all the way in the back. And we're, we knew nobody. We're from they New York. Yeah. And all these kids, like they're 14, 15, it's probably like Disney kids or whatever. Yeah. They all know each other in this. And it's like me and Jamie, like New York. I'm like 13 smoking cigarettes outside, you know, <laughs> like, and uh, we roll up and we're sitting all the way in the back. And we remember like, or I remember they put like the lights kind of went down and they put this like really somber like video on and it was this girl <laughs> she was speaking another language yeah. I don't know what language but like me I might have been stoned or whatever you know we might have been 14 15 or I might have been and I remember like you know she's whatever language she's speaking and me and Jamie just start laughing like yeah. a little bit like getting the giggles and then it gets like more and more intense to where like I'm having like a real belly laugh yeah and it turns out the subtitles were like they took my family, like I watched through. We the, couldn't the, see the subtitles. Yeah. And it was like, I yeah, watched we were so far back. It was like I watched through the fence as they took my family and like beat my mother and dragged her into a van. And I never saw them for 15 years. And we're in the back just howling. Like we think it's oh, so funny. No. And then these kids who already don't know us. And like, we're already like the outcasts we are just terrible. looking at us like, what the fuck are oh, these no. guys? Well, for to you lost two fans that day for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. to go back to so you're saying that that's your favorite part of me. So something you said earlier that I used my notebook to write down to reference right now mm. is one of my favorite things about you is you were when you were talking about meeting Kasim and you were like I hadn't decided if I liked him or not. Yeah. I approach the world in a much different way, which I don't think is healthy. I will say is. My first worry is, will they like me? Mm. And you don't worry about that. And that's one of the things that I love most about you. And I think it clearly like indicates that I'm like have insecurity issues and whatnot. But like, I just I've always envied and always admired. And just like, I just think it's one of the best things about you is you're so secure in the person that you are. And you're like, I'm going to decide like if you're like worth my time or not, not saying that one is better than the other, but just being like in my life and in my circle, I have my energy and I'm going to decide if I want to spend that time with you. And I think that's so great. And for me, I'm just more like, oh, please like me. I hope they like me. And I really wish I, at this point of being 38 years old, I'd be over that. And there are things through time that I've gotten over that like used to matter a whole lot more, but that one I'm, I still really struggle with. You know what's so crazy you bring that up? Because I was having a uh, – in Vegas, my friend Dave, we were having this conversation where he said – it was the first time I thought of this in my whole life. And he's like, when I was growing up, all I wanted to do was make my dad proud of me. Mm. That was it. And I sat there for like five minutes and it just hit me. I was like, I never ever in my whole life thought about making someone proud. Ever. I just got chills. And I'm like 33 – like – there was no, you know, like I just never thought about like. Why do you like, think that is? I don't know. I don't, I know like my younger, I don't know like the full story or whatever, but like from <laughs> what I know, it's like my grandmother and grandfather were around more in the beginning, mainly my grandmother. And because uh, well, your mom was super young. Super young. I mean, she was around too, but I just mean like as far as like making, because everybody says like make my dad proud. And I don't think, like, I think my grandmother didn't like my, I got to talk to him about this story, but like, I don't think my grandmother liked my dad. And he was also 17 or 18. And uh, he wasn't around a lot. And I, I don't know if it's that, like in the beginning, he wasn't around a lot. And I don't know if it was that or whatever, but like he was like, every time I got up to bat in Little League, I just wanted to hit a home run and have my dad be proud of me and this. And like, I don't know if it was because they were so young that like seeing a, 
22 year old when I was five or however they like them being proud of me. Maybe it didn't mean as much as like somebody who was older, but then it's my grandfather either. I just, I never felt that thing in my whole life where it was like, I want to make someone proud or I hope this makes somebody proud. Did you proud, just always or, feel on your own? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not so much that I felt on my own, but I kind of, I feel like I always felt like an adult, mm. you know? Like well, when yeah, my, you said you watched adult things. As adult, well. and also like my family was so young or my my mom and my uncles were so young when I was growing up that I felt like I was their age more. Like I felt like I was kind of, you know, they were like 22, 23, 24. So like when I went to kindergarten, I felt like I was like a 18 year old. Mm. But the problem is like, I was like the most mature six year old you've ever met. But then if you cut to me at 28, I was the exact same level of mature mm. as I was when I was six. Like I never moved I never got like more mature everything, and then as soon as I stopped drinking and stopped partying and everything, it all, everything, it was like a you know like a train stopping, and there were other trains behind, it and everything just started piling on, and it was like oh my god, I was missing so much shit. Yeah, but to your credit, Rob, I mean like you got sober on your own, you made the choice, you made the decision, and then you made the changes. I mean, from literally like within a year of you deciding all that, you were meditating and drinking green juice and eating and whether you went to like from one extreme to another, you chose to like deal with all of that head on. But on it's your like, own. oh, you, you got sober on your own. It's like, yeah, but I put myself in that horrible of place course. I was in on my own. Of course. But still yeah. there's people can be in really horrible places and need a lot of outside help to get there. And it's just a testament to who you are and why I love you so much, because I just think that like, even when you were in that state that you were saying, you were still such a present person and there for the people that you loved and loved you. And you were never, you were never gone. Do you know what I mean? Like you were, even though you might've felt it, like literally, like you were, like if I ever needed you, it's not like I was like, oh, Rob's too far gone that he couldn't show up for me. No, not, but there were definitely times where there were, it was like I was always around, but then when I would go dark, mm -hmm. it was like I would just kind of disappear for two, three, four days. Where it was like you just didn't know because it wasn't like a uh, an everyday thing, or yeah. like we would see each other. Like you were never there at you know ten in the you morning the next day that, when though. I was still going or this. Like you only saw me, yeah. But I protected. I don't know if it was I was protecting other people from it or I just like. There's didn't probably want us to see you like that. There's probably six friends I have who have seen me that way. Everybody else was all strangers. Like yeah, it was yeah, all yeah. people who were in like drug houses or this. And it's even like when you talk about like, you know, getting places on your own, it's like I like in the good way, it's like I think it's just I'm so stubborn and like so like I was I was on Xanax for uh five, six years every single day. And like even when we were working? No, so that it, it definitely it started like right after that. And uh right after the show. Yeah. Not not like right after, right after, but I remember like I had an anxiety attack and my friend was like, Oh, uh take a Xanax because I thought I was dying. I thought I was having a heart yeah, attack. Yeah, yeah. And then everybody knows that story. Like and and he was like, Oh, take a Xanax and you won't feel it anymore. And I remember I popped a Xanax, it went away, and that was it. Like, I was like, mm -hmm. okay, now we're on now fucking Xanax all day. Because I was never someone who could wake up and drink because I would get sick. I'd throw up. Like, 
shortly after. So I, I, but when I'd wake up and take Xanax, it was like, oh, okay. You know, like I could, I could fuck with this. But my, my point is I, I took it for so long and I've been addicted to a lot of shit. And like people say opiates is the hardest or cigarettes or this. And it's like, for me, it's not even close when you describe to Xanax because Xanax, coming off of opiates is like being sick or like, oh, I don't feel good or it's like having the flu or whatever, where for me, I'm sure for everyone it's different, but for me with Xanax, trying to come off Xanax is like, imagine your biggest fear is skydiving. Imagine standing at the edge of the plane with that door open and they're like, are you ready? Mm. And like, that was all day, all day. Like you're just, I li- there were times where I wouldn't leave my apartment for two weeks and I would just be sitting there fucking doing drugs you know, uh, usually playing online poker. I don't want to give poker a bad name because poker's, you know, <laughs> poker's a great thing. But I would just be sitting there, and uh, so you get yourself in this bad place. But I remember the reason why I, the only reason why I was able to stop, I was, I was slowly doing it. I went to like a specialist, and he told me what to do, and you slowly get off. And I yeah, remember you can't just do cold turkey on that. So you'll kill yeah, yourself. with Xanax, you could you could die. But I wasn't even taking a, a ton. I was taking like four milligrams a day, which is like two bars. Uh, probably. And so what he, he had a, me do a bunch of stuff and I'm like slowly getting off of it. And then I remember like he was charging like $300 a session and I lost SAG at the time. I lost um, insurance insurance, and it was costing $300. So I told him, I'm like, listen, I can't be paying $300 every time I see you. And he's like, okay, well, I could charge it down to 150. So I'm like, okay, that's, that's fine. We could do that. And then I went away. I moved uh, out to California for a little bit. And when I came back, I went to see him again and like tried to get back into the rhythm of getting off of it. And he was like, uh, I was already down to like super little. But the scary part was like really being done, done. Like, oh, I'm not because the worst is before you go to bed, like not taking that one to get to sleep. And uh, because you think like, oh, my God, what if I have a seizure in my sleep or what? You know, like and and he said, like, it's not going to happen. But I just couldn't get that in my head of like. And uh, so I went to go see him and we had our normal meeting. And then when I left, I got a bill and it was for $300. And I reached out to him and I was like, oh, hey, man, like, and this guy knows fucking everything about me. You know what I mean? And I'm like, hey, man, uh, I remember we had that talk. Like, I just was like, oh, he forgot. And he was like, yeah, well, we had that talk. And then you went away as a client. And he's like, but now you came back and it's $300 again. Hmm. And I was like, so when were you going to tell me? Yeah, I was like, so when were you going to tell me? That it was $300. And like, I just, I remember it was, I don't know if it was like the New York in me or what. I got so angry that I was like, oh yeah, watch this. And I just fucking deleted his shit. And I was like, I'm going to get off fucking Xanax on my own. And then like two, maybe in the next like week, I was just like done. done. I was off of it. And I remember calling my fucking dad, calling people in my family and being like, today is my first day without Xanax in. Wow. I mean, it's like Probably 23 until 30, so like seven years, wow. where it was like a thing of every single day. And then you get to the point where like people, and there was a long time where I wasn't getting a subscription for it. Like I was just buying it on, on the street. street. And then people would be like, hey, do you want to come to this thing? Or, you know, my friends have, we have a house in one. And I'd be like, oh, wait, how much Xanax do I have? Like, do I have enough mm-hmm. Xanax on me? Do I have enough Percocets? Do I have enough this? And then when it was like, no, it was like, no, I can't go. And that meant another like week of me sitting home and this. And I would go. I would go out and see my friends and be like, oh, hey, what's up, blah, blah, And they'd be like, where have you been? And I'd be like, what do you mean? I saw you like three days ago. And they're like, yeah, that was two weeks ago. Hmm. And I'd be like, what do you mean? And they were like, yeah, you were just – and it wasn't 
Because when I was when I would drink, I would usually be social. It was the Percocet and uh, mainly Percocet that where like I would just I'd wake up, chew a Percocet, and then it was time to go to bed. Like you know, because you just take another one an hour later, and then another one, and then another one, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, I've been up for sixteen hours. Like I should go to bed now. And then you go to sleep, you wake up, and you're like, okay. And then like the crazy thing is, every night before you go to sleep, I, I'm sure it's not the same for everybody, but uh. I'd lay there and I'd be like, okay, tomorrow you have to stop. Yeah. You have to, we have to cut down. We have to, do this. and then you wake up and I would have one on my nightstand and you just, fuck, I, I got to a point where I would chew it and I wouldn't even drink like water with it, anything. Like I would just throw it in my back. All my teeth are all fucked up. I would throw it in like the back of my mouth, chew it. And then it was like, all of a sudden you're just autopilot. Yeah. You know, you go through the day that, and like the only thing you really cared about was like anything that could interfere with like getting in the way of you getting high, you know what I mean? So even like there were times where like my doorbell would ring and it was just like, <gasps> like, you know, it was like the worst thing where you're yeah. like, and it was probably just one of my friends who happened to be coming by or, you know, coming to say what's up or this or like, you know, sometimes like my my weed guy or my pill guy, their their phones would die. So they would just come through. And I and after a million times, I never would be like, oh, OK, it's probably just them. Like because like people talk about. When you're on cocaine, getting paranoid. And for me, when I was on cocaine, I was the opposite. It was like, hey, let's hang out. And you want to be so like somebody could knock on the door next to me and I'd open mine, you know, and I'd be like, oh, hey, you want to hang out? Like, you know, that was me. We're like with the Percocets. And when you get addicted to like opiates, I just was like a f- in this shell. Yeah. Where it was- your, your world shrinks and like you, you know, your idea of like what a, a good day kind of comes down and... and- Pretty much is like, well, let's like if somebody were to come to you and be like, hey, let's go to let's go hiking, you know, or like never. Yeah, let's go. Let's go to let's go to Yosemite and camp for a night. You know, it's like your world is so small. It's like you can't even picture yourself leaving the house. You know, I think that's problem with addiction in general. It's like your world shrinks. Everything is all about like, how can I just get through this day without having to, you know, um, put myself out or like you know embarrass myself out there can i just stay kind of within my own bubble while you know while the sun moves across the sky and then i just started over the next day yeah but then alcohol comes into play and i'd be like let's go let's go out like let's fucking you know like alcohol and coke for me yeah alcohol for for me gave me the opposite like when i when i drank it just made me like kind of not just want to leave the house after a while and you know in speaking to how good a rob's characters if we're just going to continue um singing his praises i remember (laughs) one of the because i'm sober now and there was a moment i had with rob that was like oh okay like yeah maybe i do have a thing going on here yeah we were we were shooting uh an episode of this show that this show that we met on and it was like it was my birthday and I remember we had to like we had a late shoot. We had to like call time was like at six p.m. Mm. on the strip in Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I just remember like showing up, kind of buzzed. But then they had like a bar with a bartender on the set because there was a it was like a nightclub yeah. scene. And I was like asking the bartender to like keep making me drinks. And then one thing leads to another, and I I really don't have a memory of what happened that night. I do remember next day Rob being like, yeah, you were kind of, yeah, you were all over the place last night. You broke a glass and you, you know, I was like, and normally Rob's never, he's never, he's always so even keel and, yeah. 
and he's always got mostly something positive to say. So now I have Rob telling me like, yeah, you just weren't uh, weren't in your best shape last night. And I, for some reason, I heard it from other people in my life at other times, but it wasn't, it didn't register the way it did coming from Rob. Right. Because Rob generally wouldn't go out of his way to say something like that unless he, you know, really cared or it, it, it was an obvious thing. So I didn't get sober the next day, but it, it was definitely one of those moments that I recall being like, oh, okay, yeah, this is this is not just me liking to party or whatever. This is me. Well, it's like one of those mirror moments. Like every once in a while, yeah. it feels like somebody just holds a mirror up to you to kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what you did. But I think just to be clear, like what you were doing was out of control because we were at work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what people, do, you know, it's like, oh, you broke a glass. Oh, it's it like, makes, gives a shit, but it was like. Makes me cringe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it wouldn't be. But I, just, I don't want people thinking like, I was like, you broke a glass. You're crazy. No, no, it we was were like, working. Yeah, yeah there yeah. was like cameras were rolling and people were, there was a lot of like money going into this. And also there was a moment where, I don't know how to put it. Let's just say there was a guy who was around who you probably wouldn't want to mess with. And Kasim <laughs> rolled up on this guy and just started like kissing his face with him in like a headlock kind of thing. And it was just a dude where it was like, you my body's having a reaction. Just hearing the story. Yeah. I like it was like, uh, and I then I remember like, yeah, I, yeah. I've dealt with drunk people my whole life. I was drunk. Like I, I fucking believe me, I get it. And everything was okay. And then I remember like, Kasim threw a drink up in the air and it landed on me. And then like the next take, he stepped on my shoes. And that was when I said something to him where I was like, dude, you got to chill. And then yeah. two minutes later, he like fell uh, there was like a table with like bottles and cups and everything and he fell on the table uh, and like everything went flying and the bad part was was like he didn't get up and say I'm sorry he got up and was like what's wrong with everyone else like yeah. you know he's like I'm hanging out and it was it and like I after he stepped on my shoes like I distanced myself a little from like you know not having like my arm around you and being mm, next mm, to you and being mm. like he's okay and then we had to tell the bartender like when you make him drinks don't put what you were putting in there just yeah. give him soda or yeah I think I found out about that too and I got upset yeah yeah yeah, yeah. you did and then because you, you thought it was somebody else and then yeah, I yeah. told you I was like it was me who did it and you were like oh okay yeah you yeah. were like it's alright yeah it's different when you were doing it yeah it was you know it's just funny how just people can have that people in your life can either make a difference or, or, you know, say one thing, make a difference or, or not. And coming from Rob, it made a difference. And it was important to me in like my recovery. And, and it was, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh, I'm glad I have this guy in yeah. my life, you know, yeah. cause he cares. And he, if he didn't care, he wouldn't have been like, dude, it's all right. And you were nice about it too. You were like, look, dude, it's all right. It's just, just want to let you know this kind of, it, it probably got a little out of hand for you last night. And do what you want with that information. Right. You know, but um, that night was not, you were not operating at full capacity. It's it's funny too, because like people think about like the height of Sopranos and like the success and everything. And then like, you would think that that would be when people around me wanted to be like me. But I, I didn't, I never saw until I was like 30 years old where like people looked at me and like wanted to know more about what I was doing because they wanted to be more like me. Like mm-hmm. you would think that that would happen at like Sopranos is at its peak and people come up to you like, hey man, like you're all, where like they would look at me and be like, oh, this guy is such a mess. Yeah. No one yeah. ever looked at you, you like know, that. I'm saying like where I spent my social time was out at nightclubs where I was they a mess. doing the same shit with you. Right, but I'm just saying like I, it wasn't, it wasn't, it was weird to wait until the age of 30 where like, you know, because I, I just, people's look 
when people look at me, they think like, oh, you were so successful and now you don't do anything. Where like, that's people who don't know me. Where people who know me, they look at me now and they're like, man, how are you doing? This is why I love you so much. <laughs> it's true because even when you were in that stage, I still saw you for like where you are now, you've always been truly. And it's what I was, because I live with like, and you know, I mean, you've talked me off of it so much times where I just live with so much anxiety and I've never done anything about it until the past couple of years where I've like entered weed into my life where like I just feel I'm just always so worried about people liking me or being good enough. And then I think also too, because I live with MS and it was a secret for 16 years, not from you, but from the world. Like I just, on top of like the normal Jamie anxiety, it was just then this anxiety to protect myself and hide physical physical limitations, which I mean, you, it's very hard to do. It's my husband still tells me to this day, like Jamie breathe. Like I don't breathe. Like I just, I don't know how I exist. Like when somebody tells me, I'm like, Oh, like I just realized I haven't taken a breath. And so I've, I, you would just always be that touchstone for me where like I could just relax and like trust and like, no, I was okay. Mm. And you still have that quality and you've always had that quality. And I think you're amazing that at what you value as success, that is what everyone should value as success. And like, you know me, I mean, I go off on my things where I feel like a failure and I feel like I'm not good enough. And even when we were on Sopranos, I felt that way, you know, it, it doesn't matter what I'm doing and you're right. And I'm, I'm doing the work to try and get to have the mentality, you know, of that you, that you possess. You're and I tell you all like because it's like we're like family without any of the bad shit. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. it's like and you, not that you have bad shit with everyone in your family, but you know there's there's the memories you have with your family where you're like oh god that we're with you. It's like I all of my memories are just good, but like I think when when I think about you, it's like I if if somebody was like okay aliens are coming down now we're and, talking yeah now we're talking and they want, <laughs> and we have to like send a human for them to meet like in my head it would be like we should send Jamie Aww, like right away cry. because it's like i've never met anybody who's who always putting other people first you're like like i've known you for 20 years and i've never seen you like fuck up or like like uh, i fuck up all the time but in, I'm talking about shit that like matters, you know what I mean? And like you might see it as somewhere, some something that you fucked up, but it's, you know, it's, I don't know. I just, I think if, if we, if aliens met you, they would go back to their planet and it'd be like, oh, so what are they like there? And they'd be like, well... They're really sweet. They're really talented. They're like basically supermodels. They're ama- like, you're just like every, th- every, I mean, it's just crazy. Like when I, whenever people ask, it's funny because people always ask like, who's the nicest celebrity you've ever met? And then like, I always name someone like, I'm like, oh, like Howard Stern's wife. Like I met her. She's really nice. And then, and they're like, oh, no one from Sopranos. And I'm like, oh yeah, those are people who are celebrities. Like, you know, you yeah. forget where I'm like, but it's just like. In my head, it's like the night you're the nicest person I've ever met. You know what I mean? And it's not now. It's even like before when I was young and I didn't even like appreciate that shit. I would just look at you and be like, man, what is up with her? Like, how is she so good? And, not, and she always like makes the right decision and like has the 
Right. It, while I was just spiraling out of control in my head, you know, yeah. and then I would look at you and I'd be like, wow, like she just, I don't know. Like, Isn't I always, life crazy though? Like we really exist only from our own perception. Mm -hmm. And like, that's why you and I have talked about the four agreements, right? Where yeah. have you read the four agreements? I think I'm on chapter one. <laughs> Is that be impeccable with your word? word? Yes. Okay, but it's, yeah, yeah. I've read up them, to that one. I, there's three others I'm missing out. I can bring you a mini book of it that I have, but oh, pocket version. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Cliff's notes version. But one of them is like, you can't take anything personal because it's true. Like we only exist from our own like window. Mm -hmm. Like I see things the way I see things and you see things the way you see things. So what I'm interpreting is through my lens and what you're interpreting is through yours. And so if you say something, I can't take it personal because that's from your world. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And it, I mean, it only gets sticky and messy when you have to like try and really coexist with somebody. Yeah. Like Mary well, that's what my therapist says. It's <laughs> <laughs> generally, you know, message sent is not message received. It's like mm. a lot of like, you know. Yes. How you are interpreting a situation is not necessarily the reality of the situation. And, and, and how you are feeling says a lot about yourself, you know. And Well, it's even someone cutting you off in traffic. It's like they didn't cut you <sighs> off. They cut a car yeah. off. Yeah, yeah. And like people think like mm. this is fucking. Oh, oh now it's on. Oh, like, yeah, I had, it's like dude, that guy doesn't fucking know you. I have this. Okay. So, Do you have road rage? <laughs> I, I guess you could, I mean, if my girlfriend was here, she would say, yeah, I, I, I recently st started dating um, a new girl, right? And we were on this uh, vacation. She was taking me to Massachusetts and then Rhode Island and Martha's Vineyard because I've never been to all that stuff. And yeah. it was great. So we rented a car. We're driving towards from Massachusetts to Rhode Island. And there was a part where there was on the highway. I don't think they're called freeways there. Highway. Um we were supposed to merge because some construction was happening and everyone was zippering in, you know, like you yeah, do yeah, in, yeah. in one car and then the the next one. Um, there was zippering. a... Zippering, I've never heard of Yeah, that. you're zippering in and the guy to our right was not letting us zipper and I was trying to, you know... <laughs> he was breaking it. He was breaking it. Two, two on his side went, you know, him... The guy in front of him went, and then he, instead of letting me in, he decided to go, wouldn't even look at me. Mm. Uh, and I was in the car with my girlfriend and her sister, and I, uh, I, I like honked, and I was like, "Come on, dude, what the hell?" And then I, and I wasn't getting a reaction. <laughs> this guy was just, his head would not move, just straight on. Because he knew what he was doing was wrong. Knew what he was doing, and and but he also knew that. Um, you know, if he were just to uh, stay in his own bubble, I don't know, crank the music in there, it would probably piss me off more. And it did. And, and I started, I laid the horn on and then I started. Um, and then when it cleared up, I got right next to him. I tried to like, I, I, I cut him off. <laughs> I was doing all these super dangerous things. And, um, re, you know, and, and meanwhile, my girlfriend and her sister are like looking at me and they're terrified. They're like, they've never seen this side of me yeah. I have become I've transformed into some mutant beast behind the wheel of this car trying to get and they were like dude what's going on and I just turned to them I'm like I want him to look at me <laughs> and there was like just this just this all these things were going on inside of me you know that had nothing to do with them um, it was partly due wow. to this guy, but like, you know, there were things I was upset about probably leading into that. I felt like, uh, I wasn't, no one was sympathizing or empathizing with me and it all came out in this just ghoulish monster version of myself. And it was, 
and like we i you know that night we got into a big fight and we had to like call the 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 counts the the therapist guy and uh be like look this is what happened you know she's like yeah he turned into a, a werewolf of a man you know on the highway today and um you know and it all had to do with stuff that i was going through this guy would this guy did this wrong but other than that we were fine yeah you know we we just kept we we got through the tra- the trafficy part and we could have just kept driving but instead i decided that it would make sense for me to like get up close cut this guy off get his attention because this, girls see that as a look into the future right? oh That's yeah yeah she it was yeah. A, it was a major red flag for yeah. her you know and i don't i don't blame her and hopefully she'll come on the podcast she's super funny um and, uh, you know, those are one of those moments where you're like, yeah, 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 I, I wish I would have acted differently in that moment. But, but you're human. You're human and We're you're human. allowed to learn. You're allowed to learn allowed from those things. Learn. And and um, see, I, Cutter gets just Cutter gets all the brunt of my frustration. Because, yeah, people and I tried to tell him, I was like, it's an honor because you <laughs> are the one mm-hmm. that can really just like I know you can take it and I feel safe enough to give it. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I just lay all of my shit back on myself for good reason because I like to exist in a way where I just I never know what somebody's going through and I think it's because I'm like trying to sympathize for myself too like of maybe the way some people treated me when they they didn't know and it wasn't their fault that they didn't know I chose not to tell them but like even just in life in general like when Cutter Cutter has massive road rage Mm -hmm. and when he gets pissed I tell him all the time I was like Cutter do you know sometimes when I'm slower than others, like how would you feel if some guy was like really pissed off that I wasn't moving? Yeah. And you would be like, fuck you. My wife has MS. She's trying the best she can. Like back the fuck off. I was like, you need to back the fuck off. Yeah. Maybe that person's being a dick. Right. You don't know the story. But if they are, who gives a shit? Mm -hmm. What if they're not? You'd feel terrible. And that's how I literally feel every day I walk out of my house. It's like I, I I choose to look at everyone like they're just doing the best they can because I just don't know where they're coming from. Yes. That that mentality will save your life. I mean, it'll save your day. I mean, that whole night after that road rage incident takes like a real. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. At least your partner knows you like the the big problem with that is when you see like 20 second clips of people. People, right and it's like look what this person did yeah. right. it's like yeah but it's we didn't see the totally. fucking 20 years leading or the 20 right. minutes like the bagel the boss guy come on you heard because did you hear <laughs> he was on stern so i know uh, do you know there's the a latest you don't know do no. you know what he's who he's in a paid fight against guess who oh my um, father-in-law really Lenny Dykstra? And oh, him wow. are doing a paid fight. A boxing match? I don't know. It's a fucking oh, f- beast match. In he like was on ring. Howard Stern promoting Wait, a boxing did... match with somebody, but they didn't have Lenny signed yet. Lenny. He yeah, had Lenny get into the wow. picture. He probably just tweeted at him or something. I have no idea. Yeah. Well, he's a big guy on Stern, so that's probably how. Lenny's they, on Stern now? Yeah, oh, they do you play think clips they of him on Stern that? all the time. So, he, But he's definitely in that world. Like Bagel Boss guy went on to Howard Stern. I'm going to pull it up for you. Pull what up? Pull up this article. Oh, oh! I thought you meant the Bagel Boss guy. I'm like, it's one thing I've actually seen because of Stern. Stern talked about it. Yeah, I but guess- the Bagel Boss guy. I mean, he probably was got fucked over a lot by women. I mean, like his outburst yeah, was for sure a bit extreme, but yeah. 
I I still, you know. Bagel Boss Guy Fight is the second thing. <laughs> you just put Bagel Boss and it's the second thing that comes up. By the way, grew up at Bagel Boss. Was the only place open late night 24 hours. We would come back from the city nightclubs and go to like Plainview to the Bagel huh. Boss. Well, the story really hits a. home. This is yeah. a full circle. Lenny Dykstra will fight viral and a bagel, bagel Boss Guy circle. in a boxing oh match God. no one asked for. Wow. Oh. Okay. I guess we'll tune in to that. Aye, aye. We can live stream the, our reactions <laughs> to it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Lenny's a, he's a character. By the way, Lenny's another one though, and I don't really talk about him a lot um, out of respect, but I feel like this is what I can say. Lenny is who he is. He's where he is, and we don't have contact with him for that reason because it's just not a healthy thing for Cutter or anyone to be around. With that said, when I met Lenny... Um, was a day before he went to jail. And then I really he went got to jail for extort, like fraud, fraud, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that, mm-hmm. um, in the Gretzky house. Yes. Yep. So when I first met Cutter, they were a bankrupt family with no money. Yeah. So I didn't meet Cutter when he was like living the life in the Gretzky house. Right. Like he was in a two bedroom apartment with his mom and his brothers. So right. like it was a, it was a rough time. Mm-hmm. And so I obviously love Cutter for who he is and was, you know, taking a, chance on life with this guy that I just felt passionately in love with, but had nothing to offer in the sense, uh, except for love. And that's all I was looking for anyway. But when Lenny got out of jail, um, I had was very pregnant with his grandson and he moved into a rehab out of jail and was so wonderful and lucid and smart and supportive. And I loved being around him. Mm-hmm. Never looked at a phone, never looked at his computer. Like he, like that's who I know Lenny is. Mm-hmm. And I, and I could see, and it's the only Lenny that I had met at the time. And Cutter was, I could even see just being like, this is fucking awesome. Right. Like this, this is my dad who I've forgiven for a ton of shit. Because Cutter knew, too, that this guy was there. But slowly over time, you know, he was writing a book. And I think that those demons sort of creep up where it's like, now I'm a bit of a celebrity again. Now I've got to play into the nails personality. Now I'm just going to say whatever it is to sell books. Doesn't matter at what expense or whose expense, including my own wife, ex-wife and my kids. And all of, I watched it unravel. Then he would come over with his computer and talk and chain smoke and drink a fucking 30 ounce monster drink. And like, and it was so sad to see and whether he hears this or not, like, I hope he doesn't um, feel like I'm dissing him. I really just feel sorry because like we said before, we're human and I don't necessarily fall. I don't like the things that he has said to my husband um, when he unraveled, and I truly just believe this is just a human unraveled right now that's just really yeah. dealing with a lot of fucked up shit in his own, like, world. Um, so it makes me sad to see that just because I'm like, you're fucking better than that, man. Right. You could have had a way different story. You didn't need to go back to the old story to be relevant to people. I think he would have been more relevant yeah. Had he started a new one. But you know what it is too? It's like sometimes it's not even about being relevant. It's about like the thought in your head of like nobody wants to hear from this guy. They want to hear from, right. from that guy. Because there's so many like 
comedians, actors, that whoever it is, were like, I remember even when I stopped drinking, like I remember some of the things that I thought about were like going out, and it was like I'm not gonna be that person mm-hmm. anymore, and I so then I can't go out. So what? I have to change my whole life. So maybe it was like him getting in front of a microphone, and now he's this other person where he thinks like, man, nobody wants to hear this guy. You know, they want to really? hear the fucking crazy. Co- cocaine story yeah, I think jet. people too were like nails what's going on nails and he just played into that it's like muscle memory for yeah. sure yeah I think and that feeds into the whole thing we've been talking about as, as far as addiction and, and you know we, we know that there's a better ver- like you said there's a better version of all of us mm-hmm. you know and, and you saw that in me at, you know when you were disappointed that I stepped on your shoe and <laughs> um, broke a glass and, and you probably had that same sort of experience with yourself when you were going through all that stuff we yeah. we know that and it's just whether or not we choose to step through it but when, yeah i didn't know he was on howard stern i can imagine the howard stern crowd doesn't care for a sober lucid lenny dykstra as much as nails the guy who has all the cool stories you know yeah but i wish him well you know i only met him once or twice once at a wedding at gwen and gavin's mm-hmm. wedding i only met him like twice too and once was at your wedding at Jamie's. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was like the beginning of the end. Really? Our wedding. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, and it's it's unfortunate that, you know, somebody, we but we all, I think, have somebody in our family that's like in that toxicity cloud that maybe we should we should stay away from because the only person that's going to help them is themselves, you know? And Yeah. And I think also, too, to like watch my husband go through that and just yeah, know the things so that he's tough. forgiven his father for and then... When they had their like deep, deep falling out, um, you know, he had said to me, he's like, so what do I do now? Like pretend that my dad's like dead. Right. Like I don't like it's really yeah. hard for him. And I, I know that like he researches his dad sometimes and stuff who wouldn't, you know, um, and I know it hurts him. Like our son recently said to him, like, do you have a dad? Because oh, wow. he's, he's like putting together like, oh, okay, so, you know, Nana and Papa are mommy's mom and dad and Noni is is yeah. um, daddy's mommy. And then he was like, do you have a dad? And it just, you know, I remember him looking at me and like stuck out his bottom lip like, this sucks. Yeah, you know? it does suck. And, How do and- we explain that? Like, no, he's not dead. And I just, I quickly jumped in and I don't know whether I should have or not. And I was like, oh, he just lives really far away. But you knew him when you were little. I could show you a picture. You used to call him Goody, which he did. Mm -hmm. I was like, he used to throw you a baseball when you were two and you really liked it. And he was a really famous baseball player and he's in your Met book that we have. And um, I remember Cutter saying to me like later that night, like thanking me because he's like, I truly just didn't know like what to say. And I was like, I'm happy to take those reins, you know what I mean? I think sometimes when it's such a raw nerve, Mm -hmm. like that's what's one of the beautiful parts about a partnership is somebody just knows you so well that they can pick up the slack for you when it's just too hard because sometimes it is. Yeah. I, uh, it's, it's crazy. Cause you said like, uh, what am I supposed to do? Pretend like he's dead. And like, it, it reminds me of something when you said earlier, like, I just want my kids to know, that they're loved and it's like I look back and I'm like the the love that was important to me uh growing up was the, from the love of from people who I felt now I see is like the people who love themselves mm. and who treated themselves really well and this because like 
I know like I had a lot of toxic relationships in, in growing up and whatever. And I would see like somebody tell me like, oh, I love you. But then they would tell someone else, I love you. And they would have a horrible relationship with that person. And things would be so bad and and this and the fighting. And I'd be like in my head, I remember being like, they don't love that person. So then when they would come to me and they say, yeah, I love you, yeah. it just didn't. So it's like, I well, think. Because, because they could love that person. But what the bothers I found, what bothers me about Cutter is what actually bothers me about myself. Mm-hmm. That's every, yeah. Like anything that he does that I'm like really fucking bothers me. Yeah. Every once in a while, I'll check myself. I'm like, oh, that's because like I fucking hate that I do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? For sure. But it's just like. So yes, it is what you're saying. The loving themselves because you know I have a very hard time like loving myself. Yeah. And so. But that's why that I sense. feel like for me, it's easy for me to get now and kind of when I was younger too to like get to a point where I can't like when he says, what am I supposed to do? Pretend like he's dead. Like I think one of my really good traits or really bad traits is like I'm really good at doing that, you know? And it's not even so much pretending like somebody's dead. It's being like, I know that person is really bad for my life. And if I see, if I, if I let people see me keeping people around who are really bad for my life, why would they want to be in my life? Because I didn't want to be in, I didn't want to, the love from those people when I was growing up didn't mean really a lot to me or anything to me or because I would watch them and it was like, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's hard to see. Here's where, where my, I get like a little hippy dippy mm. is like, I think that's cause they just didn't vibe with you. And I know that that's can sound like such a stoner thing. Like they don't vibe, but it's true. <laughs> like, I think that we all exist on a vibrational plane. Mm-hmm. And that's why I don't actually believe in soulmates. I think that's why you can have multiple loves in your life. And sometimes you break up because one other person might start vibing a little bit different and one's not better or worse, but if the other person is not matching that vibe, they got to go find somebody else that's matching that vibe. And it's not like you're an asshole. Well, sometimes you leave someone because they're an asshole, but like, I just truly feel like, and it's why as you get older, you just, your community becomes smaller. Your group of friends become smaller and tighter because you're like, I need to hang just with people that vibe that can raise my vibration. And even in a marriage, I mean, there's times where I, f- I have said to Cutter, like, I'm operating way different now. Like I've been doing a lot of work and it's actually like, I need you to try and like meet me here or even just hear me and understand and like appreciate where I'm at and how hard I'm working. And I still see you for where you are, but like, I need you to like, I can't have like the complaining. I one of the things that bothers me the most is when people complain. Yeah. And I, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself and I used to do it a whole lot fucking more. Mm-hmm. But because I just feel like I feel so much better when I like clean my glasses and just see things for what they are. And like, sure, I don't have this or this could be better or this could be better. But like, I truly try and like once an hour just be like, it's all good. Like, this is great. This is great. This is great. And so when it's too much complaining... I'm like, I can't, I can't be around that. And I have had very close friendships that I've completely distanced myself from. And I feel bad and they probably are super pissed at me, but I just can't listen to that shit all the time. It's not good for me. See, I always, for me, I thought it was, or what I think it is, is that to me, like love was something different than it was to 
some of the people I I grew up around. Like, mm-hmm. where I didn't, I don't know how you know that at, like, such a young age or whatever. But, like, I I think... I think about it sometimes like like I just think the word love is used like it's so broad where it's so insane where like if somebody says if you're in a relationship and somebody says I love you and you say I love you you think it's the same thing like you're like oh we love each other we're like it's almost like let's say I was let's say me and you had some kind of information right and people wanted to get it out of us if they put you in one room and they put me in another room and they started torturing us the exact same way we're going to give up the information at different times. Yep. Right. So our idea of what is not tolerable is totally different. And I think it's the same way with love. Where like when somebody says, "I love this person," for somebody else it could mean something so yes. fucking different. Where for but me, that's it's like, okay. Right. But I just I feel like if you love yourself, you get to a point where you can't keep letting people in your life who make your life miserable or let you down, and you see that's all. And I understand when it's like you're child and you're like I have unconditional love and this but I see it with people where it's like yeah I've been dating this person for three months and they're fucking horrible to me but I love them and I'm like well what? because they believe that that's how they should be treated right Probably. but also I think it's because they've what love to them that I think love is they've either never experienced or can experience or th- and like I hold it at such a high thing that like I very rarely get to experience it you watching Bachelor in Paradise? No. What's now we are talking. Not? No, but Let's it's change it's- this to a Bachelor <laughs> podcast because that is Are my- you? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, Alien Rob, I can't believe you're not watching it. I like I stopped watching, you to watch this shit I stopped with watching me. Bachelor. First of all, let's Wait, get one thing. Welcome to the really Alien upset. You actually need to start watching Bachelor. it again. Let's get one podcast. thing on the table that we have to do. There's probably three things in 20 years that you've done that annoys me. When I say Bachelor, I mean it all. Okay. Because I'm always like, oh, this doesn't really annoy me. I'm just saying. It's, the, no, it's okay. Like, yeah. I'm. It's so like, there's times where I'm like, oh yeah, I saw The Bachelor last night, and you're like, oh, you're not watching The Bachelorette, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, you know, oh. what I, to me, the show is The Bachelor. <laughs> okay. okay. So when I'm like, the oh, franchise. I saw The Bachelor. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, it's The Bachelor. So you ditched the whole franchise. I stopped watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette <laughs> completely. Like, and Paradise. Years ago, yeah, because I. Years ago, I feel like we've talked about ago. it. Wow. No, I watched like one season finale because I think one of you two were like, oh my God, this one is so yeah. good that you have to watch. Oh, where the guy jumped over the fence. Oh, the Colton? Colton scene? Yeah, I think you told us. Somebody was like, you yeah, have to watch this jump. guy who like jumps over the fence or whatever. So like I've seen like two episodes, but back like seven years ago or whenever, like there was a time where I was watching like yeah. with the, uh, who's the guy who was like, it's okay. Is Pablo? Oh, oh, Juan Pablo. Pablo. Juan. That was like my time where oh, I was like, oh, oh, the Bachelor, and then if, and then I just it's hit like, another. It's it's in like a, a renaissance. Well, the reason I reference <laughs> the reason I'm not I, kidding, dude. The reasons I reference that is you watch these girls in particular, and you're seeing them like go from one guy then to the other guy, like literally within days, a new guy comes down the steps mm-hmm. in paradise, and you're like. Oh my God, she's had such a good thing with this good guy. Yeah. Why is she going for the asshole? Yeah, but Hannah it's like, G. And Kaylin. And Kaylin. It's like, okay, it's because and Nicole. that's what you that's what you're actually attracted to because that's what you've known love to be. Right. Because of course she's gonna look back and be like, Why didn't I stay with motherfucking whatever the fuck his name is? Yeah. Dylan. He had everything you Blake, essentially, where like literally the people yeah. are like, He fucked all of this in a weekend. Like, mm-hmm. why are you going with this guy? I don't know. He just seems like more just, confident. See, I feel like when you learn this about life, like that's what makes people change their life, right? Because it's like 
Of if course, you, these, you, they're actually getting a gift, even though it's probably really hard to be on TV, like a real look inside. Yeah. That's why I think, that's why I love Big Brother is because it's it. literally a human experiment. You're putting 16 strangers mm-hmm. in a house for, if they last up to 90 days. Wow. And they have nothing. They don't have music. They don't have books. They don't have anything but each other, their conversations, and you you start to see them. And competitions, and their one is eliminated each week. And it's just, just seeing that how they adapt to each other and how they lie to each other and how that they and how they like start group. And then there's the bullies, and then there's the quote unquote nerds, and it happens every year. And, or the floaters and the people that just don't fit in anywhere and keep going back and forth. And it's it's so interesting, but as it's probably really cool and could be, if used properly, a really amazing gift for these people to look back and be like, wow, I really see myself. Yeah. And I can see my bad patterns and I can see my And they issues. have millions of people commenting. <sighs> they're get, they're, they're I mean, yeah, when I, mean, I was it, pregnant, my first time around. I can tell you're like embarrassed. And I gave, I'm so embarrassed. I gave birth at the end of August. So like, I'm sh- telling you, like I was very pregnant mm-hmm. and Big Brother airs during the summer. There was a particular character that infuriated me to no level that I joined a I hate so-and-so Facebook page. Like, because I needed a place to vent oh, I'm so glad to know this about you. This human being. <laughs> Yeah, I was so angry at her. Yeah. And I was so happy to find other people that were as infuriated as me. There were probably people living in their mom's basements, but like it didn't matter. I was like an eight and a half month pregnant, like girl in West Hollywood just being like, do you think any of the things that you hated about her was stuff that you hate about yourself? Like you were talking about earlier. No, I have nothing in common. (laughs) (laughs) There is no self-reflection there. None. Well, I'm glad this is now a reality show podcast. So you're going to have to start watching well, it. No, I watched, listen, I watched Love Island. Come on. I yeah, you got that. me on Love Island. Love and, Island. I know. I mean, 50 yeah. episode seasons. Yeah, they what? fly they're, by. They're a I nightly can't. show. Oh. I don't, I have two kids. But it's something, but it's, I can't do it. But how many, what is, I thought Big Brother was like a lot of stuff. It's three times a week, but that's what I do. I have an hour and a half a night before I'm, so, I'm up at 530 every day with my little one and my days don't stop until Ugh. they're both asleep So maybe watch one island, one uh, season. But just so you could, I know, yeah. but I have so many things on my queue right that's now. A, that dude, I you okay. can't get her on that. It's because there was one season that's slope. better than you all guys that. talk about it. I'll listen and take notes and catch on. I don't know if we're all going to be talking about shit. We but we can about, definitely but, do but housewives like, together, right? Yeah, we could talk. Okay. We could talk house. Are I, you on OC? I haven't seen this week's. Uh, you watch OC though, right? What day is it today? I don't know. It was on like two nights ago. I've been like moving. So just so everyone knows, I landed in LA yesterday. I moved my whole life to LA just to start Finally. this podcast, yeah, it's which been, is going to suck if it doesn't work. We've also been talking about this podcast for over a, a long year. time. Yeah, it's definitely over a year. Yeah. We were just I, waiting for Rob to move here. I feel like I was telling him earlier, it's like you're training to su- thinking about swimming, but like you've been standing next to the pool for like a year. Mm. You know what I mean? And you're just looking at it like, and when do I get out. to jump in the pool? And then like today is a day where it's like, I'm just, I'm in the deep end, son. We were coming right off the bat with, with drugs and we, 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 hardcore we hard. shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We talked about addiction. We talked about family. Now reality shows. Uh, what is there is what we wanted, Celebrity right, life. Is- it's all over the board. You know, I think when people ask me, what's, what's your podcast going to be about? I always go like, it's not, it's not like that. It's not topic based per show. What I like to say is like, 
if if you went to dinner with your friends for three hours and I was like, oh, what did you guys talk about? And you could sum it up in like one sentence. You guys are, I don't want to be at dinner yeah. with you guys. You know Robin, I mean? you define podcasts to me so beautifully where you said it's an intimate conversation that people are getting to like feel like they're a part of and like listening in on. And that's what this yeah. is. I truly feel, I mean, like you and I haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, you yeah. guys are catching up. We literally are like catching York. up. Yeah. And we're getting to know each other. And yeah. I actually think this is the... I love that I first met you this morning. I I, I think it's... I told you, that was, that was Rob's idea. I, I was like, we should do dinner or something. I'm like, no. No, no, I said... I said, it might be a good idea for us to get dinner. He said, if we don't do dinner, I'm not doing the podcast. It's not what happened. No, um, that, it's not what happened. I'm, I'm glad we did it this way. I am a fan. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And I one of the things I enjoy is just what you said. You get to you, you get to feel like you're in, you have a group of friends that you may not necessarily know in real life, but you get to know kind of the habits and like the characters. And and it's about building that relationship. Yes. The, the podcasts I listen to are all, you know, I feel like I have a relationship, whether I know them or not, with those people on the air. And I don't necessarily feel like I need to hear um, a segment, a produced segment, or like a specific, you know, I I listen to movie podcasts, sure. But the best best part about the movie podcast is when they're just kind of shooting the shit, you know. Yeah. About well, what I think that's why I think we want to call it pajama pants, right? Because it's like stuff you want to... Yeah, pajama pants. Yeah, stuff you talk about when you're sitting you around in pajama, pajama pants. I say pajama. We want it to be... Is that we have a... We just, this just in, we have um, an email account for people to send us wow. questions. Oh, this oh, is so wow. official. So if this actually goes out in uh, into the iTunes store or wherever oh, you this get is podcasts, if this actually makes it out there, you guys can email us at askpajamapants. That's pajama, askpajamapants at gmail.com. Or Spelled if you're the a normal same way person, as pajama. Yeah, it's askpajamapants. <laughs> askpajamapants at gmail.com. Send us anything. If you guys... Um, obvi- obviously there's going to be, I, I, I assume this is what I was worried about with, with Rob. I was like, Rob, we should just call this two and a half celebrities. Cause you, people are going <laughs> to, people want to hear what you guys have no, to say. I feel like, I feel like we like would I'm have like, to call it two celebrities. Yeah. Jamie like is I'm a celebrity half. and then no, me no, and no. you are a half. No, no, no. I feel like a half most of the time. Then well, I'm zero. Cause I've disappeared off the face of the earth for the last 10 years. Okay. So people are going to have questions yeah, about but I that, feel like right? Fraud. We'll talk about I've it also, next show. I've also done the same. <laughs> I, I think we touched a little bit uh, about it earlier when we were talking about like people don't know what I'm doing, but I'm actually, you know, super healthy. I'm like ha- happy you know, for the yeah. first time in a really long time. You're and successful in your life. It doesn't yeah, yeah. matter and people, it or not. Like people, Robin. you know, people tend to think that um, your your success and happiness comes from your relevancy. And mm. it's um, more of just like, well, you know, I got into a really deep, dark place during all that. And I wanted to, um, you know, figure things out for myself. And, and, you know, for the first time in a long time, the last couple of years have been great, you know, being sober and and exercising, doing all these things. But this is a a great way for me to just still like connect with people without having to, um, you know, make a YouTube video that or or, or do something that, you know, is outside of what I think now is funny. And it's important to me to have that connection. Um, And you were worried on the way here because you've never seen Sopranos or you just saw one season? Okay, so this is what I was telling. I've seen two seasons of The Sopranos. I'm like, I don't even think I want to... I, That's I, more than me and Jamie I think have seen combined. I, I think. think it's disrespectful. Right? Because, I've never seen it. Have you seen but it? But also, yeah. I, I, what I love is like I can look Rob in the eye and just see one of my best friends, right? But if I'm afraid, if I get through all the seasons of The Sopranos, I'm going to look at Rob and be like, Anthony? Right. You know, is that you, oh. Junior? And so I'm trying, <laughs> you know, and, and same thing, you know, with you, I feel like I don't want to get, I don't want to make it weird, but I also really like 
the show and I, I don't really have a great reason why I didn't finish it, but I'm worried that people who are huge fans of Sopranos are going to listen to this and you're going to be like, here's two people that we love. Who's this other guy that no. we don't know? And why is he, why, A, why hasn't he watched the Sopranos? B, why is he on this show saying the name of the show wrong? You know, and, and it's going to be. We're going to get to know you. Same way well, that's you're what getting I hope. to know me. That's what I hope. To know you. And if they love us. I love you and Jamie's going to get to love well, I know. You lo- I love I, I love you. Courtney, right? love is a very different, you know, thing. In my all version of, us, of love, I love you. I love, I love both of you. <laughs> yeah. And um, I, I'm super excited to uh, get to know Jamie but if you treat me, more. if you treat me wrong, I'm fucking cutting you out. Yeah, that's the other lesson but that's that we've a, learned. You treat yeah. me like that, it You're only turns me. me on. You know? <laughs> I am torqued right now. You'll be you'll be dead to me, fuck around. So that's what, you know, <laughs> just putting it Don't out there. As my mom would say, do not cross me. Ooh, I like it. I'm going to start saying that to my kids. Yeah, don't cross me, kids. But um, in that accent. Yeah, the Egyptian. My mom has been in this country for over 30 years and still has the thickest, thickest she accent. She should never really. lose it. Good yeah. for her. You know what I wanted to ask that I realized recently? Do you have anything that you hate to do in real life, but you love to watch hmm. on TV? Because like, I hate dating. Have close personal relationships. Yeah, I hate dating. Care about people. <laughs> More than anything, like going on a date, but watching it to me is the fucking greatest. Like, I love what's wrong with you. What, how come you don't like dating? I just hate like the fake getting to know someone where like you've done it a million times and like, yeah, I'm presenting this. Like, be more curious, present, present who you are, present the real Rob that we both know. I think, but I feel like Jamie wouldn't he, shouldn't he have the, the highest caliber? Of, yes. of a person around him. Yes, but I just think for Rob, it's literally just going to be the most natural thing that happens. By the way, with Cutter and I, it was very natural. There was no dating. Didn't you meet at like Bootsy Bellows? No. <laughs> no. Well, we went out a few times together. So it was just like we were just at a house with people at the same time and like kept finding ourselves like in our own conversations. Right. You know? I just... I. Like, I don't know. I just despise dating. I know. For me, it's like the worst. Po- like, going to meet somebody is like, oh, like, I haven't been on a date in like two years, like, since I moved to Vegas. Really? Yeah. Like, because I'm. But you've like, had sex. No. What? I took, I stopped. Wow. Yeah. I stopped. I stopped everything because I'm like, I want. It's probably just been so long now that you just like don't need it. I wanted, no, I, st- it depends on like how often I jerk off. Like, if I don't jerk off for like, four days, every girl I see at Whole Foods, I'm like, yes, mm, you know? Mm. But, like, if, if I'm if I'm jerking off to go to sleep, like, uh, regularly, I could definitely, like, I control it where I'm like, oh, yeah, that girl's cute, whatever. But, like, there's wow. if I go four days without jerking off, it's like I've had Uber drivers who are chicks where I'm just like, I see their picture in the little thing, and I'm like, oh, my God, is this a hot chick right now who's picking me up? And it never is, but, like, it just in your head, you're like – you're everything. You're so your your senses are. Were like you not super around women where you would like sit and have conversations because you were just with dudes all the time because of poker? Not uh, to say that women don't play poker, but not a lot of them do. Uh, no, I mean I have girls who I talk to for sure, but it's just like you know. I honestly I thought that this would be a good way for me to like change my relationship with sex and with women because sure. it's always been like, uh, yeah, I want to bang that chick. You know, like that's that's like the what plays in my head when mm. I see a girl where like I would like to see a girl and be like, wow, I wonder like what what she's like or like yeah. if we would get along. or th- And it's definitely coming to that a little more. But also what I wanted to do is like I remember like losing my virginity and being like, oh, my God, this girl is so like I'm so thankful for this girl. We're like 
sex became a thing where like, you know, at the end it was just like, ugh, like, you know, like you just have sex with chickens. Like, okay, now how long is she going to stay here? You know what I mean? Or like Mm -hmm. how it was just, it just became like, and then like you sit there weighing out the options for so long. You know, like I got on Tinder when it first started and I met a couple girls, but it was just like, I, I can know. never date now. I just, I just feel like dating so hard. It's just so. Br- so Kasim went to the bathroom. Kasim, what? Trying to do it without them knowing. Well, we just can't. Well, they would know because you didn't chirp up for any of this. Uh, I haven't had sex in two years. Whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I, this. I told Jamie I want. I hate to repeat this, but like I wanted to change my relationship with sex and with girls and instead of like okay i want to bang this chick and i want to do that like i wanted to go back to how i was when like i lost my virginity and being like oh my god like i love this girl and i care about this girl and like i don't want to have sex with a random girl i've almost done it Hmm. probably twice three times a year like i get to a point where it's like i'm about to text a girl and then i'm just like okay well somebody told me like jerk off and then if you still want to text her go ahead treating it like never yeah you're treating it like Another addiction almost. Right, but but it's because of where I was. Like, there are no girls in Vegas uh, who I found where, like, I'm going to meet them. We're going to have similar – like, it's very, like, it's a mm-hmm. lot of strippers and there's a lot of drugs and there's a lot of this. Yeah. And, like, I'm sure there is that in Vegas. I just didn't know where to go look for it. And going to look for it is, like, a single dude instead of, like, where I'm in L.A. And there's, like – it's, like, groups of friends and we could figure – Things, yeah, but I no, think we'll it's been. I, I we'll stopped counting after a year, but I think it's been. It, it's probably coming up on two years. But I took a huh. break before. Then I had sex, and then I realized I was like, "Oh no, it's it's exact same." But I just want I, and I'm not holding it off for a certain amount of time. I just wanna, I want to care about a girl before I have sex with her next. That's, That's pretty uh, amazing to do at your age. Yeah, but again, like you said, it's like the first. Couple of months were like really crazy and like trying to change or that, but then like it kind of just becomes a thing where like I hear from my friends about them going out and or their relationships and this and that's when like I hang up the phone and I'm like I love where I'm at. Like when you put your mind to something too, you just fucking do it. I yeah. I it takes me a minute for something to become like a habit. Like well, yeah, I, I say I, a minute, like m- close to a year. But I wanted mm-hmm. to do it like a, a few times, and like there was a beginning where I was like, I'm not but gonna do it, I mean. and then I would get a text at like 2 a.m. and I was like, ah, fuck it, you know, like you right. you gotta kind of whatever. But then I just like every time after I had sex, it was like I felt worse, and and it was like, how do I get this girl to leave without being an asshole? How do I? And like for me, do you the think worst, sex was another addiction for you? I don't know. I just know for me, the worst thing in the world is being uncomfortable in my own apartment. And that's what would happen Ah. after having sex with a girl. Like I would be (laughs) uncomfortable in my, in my, and especially like as an addict and a guy who used to like treat his apartment like a cave and not see anyone. All of a sudden I'd be like, this is my safe place. And I'm as uncomfortable as I could possibly be. Yeah. Right. And the germs. I mean, you gotta, you gotta imagine but no, you know, you know what's sex. crazy? When it comes to chicks, it kind of all goes up. Uh, there we go. <laughs> the germ thing, like bodily fluids are not. Yeah, like you know, I'm, I'm. That, that's not. But even like, I don't think about germs ever, and I have babies. Yeah, I feel like you get. I you mean, do a just, lot. Obviously, poo-poo. like there's certain things where I'm like, I'm definitely. Wa- you need to wash your hands, or I'm going to wash my hands. But like, I'm nowhere near cutter with germs and stuff. So do you want to get you want to get real crazy and deep? Yes, I have ten minutes. Get crazy and deep with. All me. right, Here, here's the deal. So I think I, 
I had, I treated sex like a thing where all like, okay, so up until I probably like, I lost my virginity like 16 and then at 17 was where like, it just started going, like it was like, we're going out and then you're meeting girls and you're having sex and everything's great and it was like, no condom, no, just woohoo, like we're having a good time and then at like 22, I got an STD Mm. and that changed everything. Like, I think that's where the germaphobe came from. I think that's where everything came from because I remember waking up in the morning, going to the bathroom and it burned when I was peeing and instantly you're just like AIDS. Cause that, that's, Uh. I'm serious. That's like the one that you know for some reason, because it's Mm. like, well, if you think herpes, it's like something shows up. Yeah. Right. So instantly I was just like, Oh, and like in my head, I was like, I'm going to die or I'm never going to be able to have, like sex with girls or like I'm gonna have to find girls who have what I have what and then like it was like a week <laughs> yeah I went to the doctor and he's like oh yeah you have uh I don't even know the name I'd never heard of it it's called something like uh the trick and he's like yeah the he's like you trick? have the trick he's like you get this shot in your ass like you, you'll be fine in like a week oh my and I remember like after that my it was like a life-changing thing where sex became like because I, I started having sex with condoms, and I was like, "Oh, this sucks." Yeah, it does like, suck. it's, and like, it's not even so much like <laughs> like the condom on sucks, but it's also like that break in the like the it's passionate, the and we're going down. I think right, we're going right, down, and then it's like, "Oh, hey, where do I do I have one?" And then it's like opening it and putting it on, and and then like that moment is kind of gone for me, and that was like my favorite part of like of that like yeah you know that totally. heat and that pe- and then all of a sudden it's like oh wait but so like so that i think after that was when i really started getting into like pain pills and stuff like that because it was like well this sex thing is gone oh so it's like let me da- so and then it became like cutting myself off and then that's how like the germ thing creeps up and then and then it's just like and then all of a sudden it's like six years later i'm addicted to painkillers xanax i'm i'm a germaphobe i don't like to leave my apart you know like it's like uh, but the funny thing is is most of my friends didn't know because when they would see me i'd be drunk Mm. and when you're drinking it all goes away of course everything goes away i have no uh you don't care about anything ocd the things of like oh my god is that like that like like the you know it's like i still used condoms because that's how i feel like when i'm stoned Mm. all of my it's funny when i get stoned at the end of a day, especially, I'll think back. And I had this thought the other day. And I, if I had my notebook, I'd have written it down. So I'm glad I'm remembering. I was like, I am so mean to myself all day. Like, it slows me down enough to have, like, I've, I am okay. And, like, I am confident in who I am when I'm stoned. Like, I wish I could operate 24-7 high. I just can't. Right. And I'd also be, like... 900 pounds because I love to eat when I'm high (laughs) but I was just like wow like I need I would never speak to anyone the way I speak to myself right and it just it just it it, I enjoy who I am when I'm high because I'm like I'm so much kinder to myself and I feel so much more connected to people because I don't have that dialogue going on in my head like it it just what's the dialogue like, you shouldn't have said that. They don't like you. You're not good enough. Um, they're watching you move. Um, and you've gone to therapy for all this shit, right? Yeah, and I still am, for sure. So then when they say, like, they say, like, in therapy, it's like, well, let's say uh, they didn't like you. Then then what? Like, what's the worst thing? Of course. Thing? I, 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 of course. But no, of I'm course. saying, I really want to know, like, what you think of, like, what if someone doesn't like you? Then what? 
I mean, I have a whole lot of other people that do, right? It should not matter. I'm saying, what's the bad part, though, like in your head? Like, I think if you said, like, somebody doesn't like me, I'm like, oh. Like, and, and but the, but the, the opposite is if you said somebody fucking really likes you, I go, oh, like there's no, and I think, I don't know. I just, it I don't. It should be like that. Yeah. I don't know. I'll have to think about it. I care about what my friends think of me, but like, as far as like strangers, like I've, I've no like I've heard you before getting upset at like something on social media. And then like, for me, it's like, if we're driving by a bus stop and I'm like, Hey, that guy waiting for that bus doesn't like you. It's like, who cares? But for some reason on like social media, people Care. I care about every single person in the world. Well, they are, but 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 their opinions of you. Yeah, that's so. It's terrible. Do you feel that way? Um, I do. I do care. I do care. You know, I might be somewhere in between you guys. With I my think friends. I feel like I try so hard. Like it, it's. I think maybe it's just another. Like it, to me, it would be another example of like failure or inadequacy. Mm-hmm. But you try. I mean, like so... despite my best efforts, you still don't like me. It's not so much about that person not liking me. I think it's my perfectionism. Mm. But it's it's the people who know you the most who probably think you're the most amazing, right? Of course. So of that's course. what I'm saying. So shouldn't that show you like some stranger? I mean, I don't know, this is all simple shit, but like some stranger doesn't like you. Who cares? All the people who know me think I'm a great person and a great mom. And this where like if somebody on Instagram this is, is what like, I mean. when you're I'm a shitty stoned, mom. This like, is what I think. When I'm high, I'm like, gives a fuck. Right. I'm a yeah. good person. You're, you're more present when you're stoned. Yes. And you're not, you know, it, it's like when you, you probably... I've done this, but you get, you're like, you can't sleep. It's like 3 a.m. and you're just thinking about that one thing that you said to that person. That's how person. I live all day. Yeah. Right. And so when you're, when you're stoned or when you <laughs> meditate, the idea is to push everything from the past out, everything that you're worried about coming up in the future and just to like be present in the moment. And that's like getting stoned does it. <laughs> See, I just took that? a deep breath. I grew up in, uh, and all sides of my family everywhere. It was like when you're in a fight, Anything goes like it, like I was very lucky to like never see a man hit a woman like I it, growing up ever like ever I never saw one but like the fights from one to ten were a ten like if if Burgly. getting physical is an eleven yeah and it was like but that's how I learned that like you that's how I learned to fight so it's like you say anything you want during this fight and then tomorrow we could forget about all of it but right now we're fighting and anything goes so it's like maybe that's why. When you say, like, lay there in bed and think about what you said to someone, I never have done that in my life, really, because it's like... Another reason you're my hero, man. Because, I, because I've because i seen so much... Like, I was 28 years old before a girl told me, like, hey, you can't talk to me that way. Like, where you can't say what you just said. And I was like, but we're fighting. <laughs> and she's like, no, no, no. This is like, we'll never speak again because of what you just said. And I was yeah. like, because all the girls I dated up to there, Took they it. were like girls who I knew uh, or reminded me of... What I knew, which was, hey, you, you're on you're on the same boat. We could say anything to each other in a fight, and then it all it, it all gets washed away once there's an apology or whatever, you know. So, and then it's like lately, I've surrounded myself with people more who are not like that, and you're like, oh shit, like they would never say that to them, or when they do say it, they feel bad. Or, well, think about kids. I mean, I like they can. My son can be so mean and say the most terrible things because he's just expressing what he's feeling in the moment right and it's okay mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and 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 i don't judge him for it at what point does that change i get that like at what point like another mantra i have is like not only just what i want to believe that everyone's doing the best they can with their 
individual circumstances. But I also just believe that, you know, I'm committed to seeing the innocence in everyone. And I just feel like at what point are we like not allowed to do that anymore? It's just because we're growing up in a world that set society rules and the parameters of what is right and what is wrong, what we shouldn't do. And obviously any physical or emotional harm is, is not, is, shouldn't be happening. But like, sometimes you need to express yourself and like, I, and even when my husband, like people say, don't fight in front of your kids. And Cutter and I sometimes do. It's just, it just happens because it just happens. But one thing I just always make sure that our kids see is the resolve Mm -hmm. because, and it's, it's what you saw, right? It's like, but it can be okay later. I mean, it's sometimes we, we just, we just have these big feelings that are bigger than what we can handle and they need to come out. Otherwise you'll have other things to deal with them. So you get them out and then you can say, and you know, like, even if we're really not sorry in that moment, I'll just say to Cutter, I'm like, just fucking say you're sorry yeah. right now. You know what I mean? We can get through it a little bit more later, but just, like, make sure he sees that, like, I don't want him to be afraid that this is, like, not going to end. Yeah. Right. No, it's good. I, I, I like the fact that you have that sort of third party, your your child there, yes. to kind of, like, me- they almost check you mediate. On yeah. Yes. And, and make sure that, like, you guys... As as you know, um, upset as you are in that moment, as as convicted to your side of the story as you are in that moment, you're, it doesn't really matter because you have this like kid sitting there absorbing all that energy, all of it, all of that energy. What a good pod! You what do you know, say? Right, Speaking Jamie? of my kid, I got to yeah. go pick him up from camp because they wrote a thing like, we have lives too. The counselors like, you need <laughs> to pick them up exactly at two. I was like, all right, all right. I'm very happy we did this, and I've been looking forward to this for Welcome a to long California, time. buddy. Thank you. I'm really... Uh, mm-hmm. I hope we get renewed for episode two. And Jamie hopes you guys like this. I don't care. <laughs> Rob doesn't care. And I'm right in the middle. <laughs> Please like me. Um, well, thanks, guys. And if you guys have any questions, send them to askpajamapants at gmail.com. We'll, we'll probably have a... A section where we read them. On, I'm not going to. You're going to have to filter. Uh, yeah. You know, I will break down if right. I see anything bad about myself. <laughs> yeah, you can say whatever you want about me, guys. I, I probably need the feedback. I won't read them because I just don't care. So you'll be that person in the middle who can, you could handle. Yeah. yeah. Thank um, God for you. Yeah. yeah. And don't worry about following Rob anywhere online because he is not making himself not available followable. to you. Yeah. And Casim's worried about people picking on him and saying, what do you need him for? Casim's going to be the thing that really pushes the thing to the next I'm just, yeah. I just yeah. like just want to be friends and <laughs> have people see like how great we are together um, and you can follow me online and uh, make sure you uh, subscribe to anything I have and please like me right at Casim G I think the title of the episode should be please like me yeah. or don't oh, yeah. or if you're Rob say, don't yeah. <laughs> yeah please like me or not please like me I don't care yes Jamie you have an Instagram I do at Jamie Lynn Sigler. And Twitter, same? I never go on Twitter, but Good. I think it's Jamie L. Sigler. You know, stay off Twitter all the I actually only go on for my big brother updates. No, good. There's nothing but uh, mass shootings and, and politics uh, on Twitter right now anyway. Oh, next episode, I really want to get into the mass shooting thing because I went through something recently with my oh, kids. Really? And it it it's it oh, yeah. really... Uh, that's what gonna, we call a cliffhanger in the business. Yeah, yeah. how about that? So wow. you better tune in. Yes. I'm going to put mass shooting down. That's all you have to do. I'll remember. Thank you, George. Thank you, Bryce. Hey, thanks, guys, guys. for listening. I'm going to go buy a sweatshirt now. (laughs) Yeah.